I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In our last episode of the year, we're revisiting our 2020 episodes and giving you some sweet, sweet updates. So grab a beer and join us. And let's get civical. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And this is our last episode of 2020. Shut Can the you believe front it? door. That's insane. It's been it's insane. a millennia. It's been it's been 84 years. The China had never been used. The beds <laughs> have never been slept in. <laughs> 2020 was called the year of nightmares. The year of nightmares. Oh, my God. Oh, man, you guys, what a year it's been. What a year it's been. Sort of some highlights, sort of some lowlights, sort (laughs) of some in-betweens, but we did it. We did it. We're here. We're at the end of it. We're entering a new year. Thank Thank goodness. Goodness. Really need to turn the page. Yeah, and I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of positive 2021 energy because good things are coming. New president, mm-hmm. you know, vaccine, vaccine, big, pa- big, big, big. Hopefully, fingers fingers crossed. By the end of the year, we'll have more ability to go out and do things and see people and sure, ho- you to know, be fingers together crossed. once again to be in A person. Wild concept. Wild. It's almost like we're humans. It's almost like we're humans and we're going to interact as humans once again. So crazy to think about. The social anxiety I already feel is (laughs) profound. (laughs) To have to once again be among people. Yeah. How stressful. Stressful. But but yeah, so we thought we would do something fun and keep things loosey-goosey and do like a year... A year review, a year in review of of all of the episodes that we did. Now, we're not going to like nitpick every single episode that we did because we'd be here all night, which absolutely not. But just to like, I just, I don't know. I wanted to take a trip down memory lane because we started, like, I was thinking about it today. We started off this year, 2020, and I remember we had originally only intended to be off for two weeks. But then I had to force us to take off a third week because my nephew decided to just 
be born oh, in that right. first week of January. So I was like yeah. looking through all the episodes and I was like, why did we re-air three in a row? And I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> the nephew. <laughs> I remember I texted Arden and I was like, Arden, um, I'm sorry, we have to take another week off. Uh, surprise. My, my nephew is coming two weeks early. So that's how it started off for me. Yeah. And then, you know, I know we're going to get into what our first episode of 2020 was. But I just, I don't know. I'm excited to kind of go through it. We obviously have some updates for you on some of the episodes that we did. You know, yeah. like. Because things like change. Like we talked about Iowa. And, yeah. And got it all wrong like got, everybody else did. Totally, so, totally wrong. Yeah. So we'll give some updates there. And and it'll be fun. I'm having a beer while we record this. Arden is drinking some sort of bougie kombucha situation. <laughs> just to just to paint the picture of how loosey goosey we're keeping it tonight. It's very loosey goosey. It's to be to be fair, my uh my kombucha is uh the holiday cheers edition. Is it is a festive probiotic tea. This doesn't make it better. This makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> This makes it worse. I'm trying. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be uh, nice to my body. <laughs> and I love that. I love yeah. that for you. I Thank love you. that for you. I'm not. I want to poison my body just even further. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna keep drinking I beer. Mean, give me a week. Give me a week. I'm go. I'm. I <laughs> like. I, it, Christmas is upon us. I love Christmas. But the more, the quicker. You know, as it approaches, I'm like, really, just I need some rum chata. Would be nice. Right. Little fireball whiskey in there. That exactly sounds right. Clutch. Sounds. It feels like a fireplace in your mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. A little Christmas fireplace. Yep. So yeah. So we're gonna be taking off the next two weeks. So don't freak out. And then I'm pretty sure when we come back, either it's that week or the week after, it's our hundredth episode, yeah. which is so crazy. What are we gonna do for it? Couldn't tell you, but do tune in because it's going to be big. It's going to be bad. It's going to be amazing. And then the other thing that I'll say before we start this year in review, we've seen some amazing reviews be left for uh, for our podcast over this year, and we're so appreciative. So if you like what you hear, rate us, review us, subscribe to us. We lit, we I, we read them. Uh, yeah. I read them. And when, and when they're nice, they make me just float away. And when they're mean, because they don't like the sound of um, my literal voice, I just sort of giggle to myself because, you know, <laughs> what can you do? What can, you, can do? you do? What can you do about the actual sound of your voice? Literally nothing. Okay. Sarah, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> It is a part of you. It's a part of me. So yes, please rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Um, because we do we do love you guys and we love hearing feedback and, and hearing what you think of the show. It is a labor of love mm-hmm. and has been for two full years now and That's almost a hundred episodes. Oh my so, god. I know. So without further ado, let's yep. start off at the top of 2020. Arden is going to do the oh first God. half of the year. I'm going to do the second half of the year. <laughs> and and together we will rule the galaxy. We're going to so rule it. Bring us back to January of 2020. What was going on in old LGC's head? Because this was pre-COVID. This was pre-COVID. So January we started off with uh, Marbury versus Madison. Remember, oh it was the hashtag Marbury Moon. We kept saying Marbury, Marbury Moon the entire episode. I yes. love it. Yes. God, that was the first one. Nothing, no update there. Nothing's changed. Marbury, Madi- <laughs> Marbury still, versus Madison still, still stands. Still standing the test of time, and we love that. But the Marbury, that. hashtag Marbury Mood has, I think, carried me through mm-hmm. this year. Just yeah. trying to stay with it. Yeah. I love that. And then we talked about, we did a SCOTUS biopic biopic of justice Stephen Breyer the machete the machete the biking the crashing of the bike we love to see him it was a great episode really unforeseen hilarity <laughs> yeah the sort of Stephen Breyer crazy and then we we had the next week we had Kat Calvin on from spread the vote oh such a good episode such a good episode like super informative she was fantastic, and she uh, talked about her organization and how they're helping people to get voter IDs in states where there are strict voter ID laws. And I did want to give a little bit of, an, bit of an update about this because we have since had an election. Yeah, we sure did. We sure did. 
We sure did. So I just wanted to give a little bit of an update, not on like the full scope of voter ID laws, because Lord help us, it would take a week. But just a few things. One, there was a, this is all uh, after the 2020 presidential election, there was a study done by the Williams Institute at UCLA about how voter ID laws affected turnout in some particular groups. And Mm -hmm. what they found was that in the November 2020 general election, over 378,000 voting eligible transgender people faced barriers to voting due to voter registration requirements and voter ID laws, including 81,000 people who could face disenfranchisement in voter ID states. So just because they're like the gender on their... Mm -hmm. ID doesn't match their presenting gender. So that's just like, you know, 378,000 voting eligible people, you know, the potential for them to be affected by, you know, voter ID laws. And then there was, this is coming from a WAPO article by Annie Maramau concerning the North Carolina voter ID laws. And basically the federal appeals court upheld North Carolina's law requiring voters to present photo identification before casting ballots, even though it acknowledged that the the state had a history of race-based voter discrimination and Mm -hmm. voter restrictions. So, you know, yes, we had a 2020 general election that for Lizzie and I went the way that we wanted it to go. Sure. Trump is, sure. has been voted out and Biden is, you know, coming. And also had like profound voter turnout. And know. a profound voter turnout. And, yeah. and you know, there was a lot of good things that happened in that election. But it was just, you know, l- looking at what, you know, what's still going on with the voter ID laws in various states there. It's rough. It's rough. So for sure, there's still work to do. There is still work to do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And I and I think it's amazing that you highlighted especially, you know, the the plight of voter ID laws in the trans community, because I do feel like that's not a story or a narrative that gets put in the forefront a lot yeah. when we talk about voter ID laws, but like is definitely something that, you know, the trans community has to overcome simply yeah. just to cast a vote, you know? Yep. So yes, and shout out to Kat Calvin and her whole organization. So amazing. Yeah, so amazing. Great work. And then we talked about, this was, then we talked about the War Powers Act of 1973. Oh my God. And we came in hot in this episode. Came in hot. Came in hot in this episode because it was, mm-hmm. we were fired up and ready to go because we were going to war with Iran. We were, I mean, you remember Iran? Hashtag Iran. <laughs> Hashtag Iran. Remember Iran? Like, oh man! Wow! Yeah, War Powers Act. Who declares war? Who yeah. who does it? Oh yeah. man! Yeah, yeah, crazy. There's, I mean, not a lot of updates there. I, I don't think unless well, you uh, unless you have. Do you I, have one? So I did. I was like, I need to find out what happened with Iran. So for the setup for the episode was that I mean, not the setup, but like we talked about the War Powers Act under because. Iran had shot down a Ukrainian passenger plane that took off from Tehran, they, and it happened back in January. And then Iran was like, "That wasn't us," and they tried to cover it up, and it was like right. a whole big thing. And the pre- and President Trump basically was like, "We're we're going to war. This is mm-hmm. the end." You know, mm-hmm. there have been obviously we did not go to actual war with Iran. <laughs> the the plane thing kind of went away, as they would sure. say. It, like, died Fizzled in the out. press and, like, people kind of stopped paying attention to it. But, like, the other thing that is, can, that had been going on with Iran and continues to go on with Iran is their nuclear stockpiles and the fact that they – Trump pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal. And so now Iran is, like, their production of nuclear, like, war right. materials is inc- – right increasing and so recently president trump this is a quote from an article in the new york times by eric schmidt maggie haberman david sanger helen cooper and laura jakes quote president trump asked senior advisors in an oval office meeting in mid-november whether he had options to take action against iran's main nuclear site the meeting occurred a day after international spectators reported a significant increase in the country's stockpile of nuclear material. A range of senior advisors dissuaded the president from moving ahead with a military strike. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs warned that a strike against Iran's facilities could easily escalate into a broader conflict in the last yes. weeks of Trump's presidency. For sure. Yes. Yes. So, so what you're saying is the dance is not done. 
The dance is not done. Yes, I, I do believe that if you strike Iran, especially in their like nuclear building sites, yes, that would make them mad. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. So we'll have to kind of see what ha- what shakes out on uh on that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Then after that, we talked about oh, the impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Listen. Oh, I oh. mean, no updates, but what a yummy yummy episode. <laughs> so good. I I was cr- was crazy. That was the episode where Edwin Stanton locked himself in his office for the himself. entire he trial of the Senate. Himself. Yep. He quarantined himself. We he were did. talking about quarantine before we even knew what quarantine was. Before we even got there. And then we did something like we talked about the primaries. We did a primary update. You know, uh, hashtag I'm pretty sure those the election two is episodes, over. One of those episodes was when we talked about Iowa and we're trying to predict Iowa and then got yeah. it completely wrong. Um, yeah. So just like shout out to us doing that along with everybody else. Yes. <laughs> so glad we were on the same the same train as all of the we major outlets. We missed it with everybody else. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we talked about we did an episode on Medicare that really like hurt my brain because there was so much in it. Yeah, ABCD options. We talked about federal term limits and, you know, should we do it? Should we not? Yeah. And what's funny is now that, like, you know, we've seen the narrative shift a little bit. It's come up to be about, like, should term limits be for this for the Supreme Court now? Like, that's, like, the new trend we're seeing. And, well, I have a little couple of notes about that because we talked about packing the court later in the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just just fun how things flare up in different ways that we don't anticipate when we're initially no. talking about a topic. It's like, who knew we would be talking who? about this yes. in the Supreme Court? But, you yeah. know, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And we're into March. We talked about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which just one of our is best. one of the best. And quite frankly, it's one of the ones we're going to re-air. Yeah. Because because it was... It was so good. It was so good. The hottest assassin you've ever seen. <laughs> you've ever seen. You've ever laid eyes on. Just the hottest... I, I forgot about Hot Assassin. Oh, my God. How yeah. could you forget about Hot Assassin? I will never forget the moment when I think it was producer Kate, like, handed her phone to me in mid-recording. And I'm just staring. No, I found it. That's right. I'm sorry, producer Kate. I remember I was looking him up. And then I just came across his picture. We're still live. And I'm just like, oh, my God. He was a good-looking human being. Whew. Whew. Very, very attractive man. Um. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's just, that's a, that's a, always going to be near and dear to my heart, that episode. Yeah. I love that episode. You know, and then we, we talked about, oh, cause it was March. It was women's, women's, I almost said women's appreciation month. <laughs> oh, now it was like, what was it? It's, <laughs> it's women's history National month. Women, we women's. did unsung women oh, yeah. in history. And yeah, I mean, that was, it was great. Like we, we picked, that was the episode that we picked four women and we didn't yeah, tell we, the like, other who we were picking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I like that. We should do that again sometime. Maybe for the next Women's History Month. Maybe we do it every Women's History Month. Mm, I like that idea. Okay, guys. Keep a lookout for March. (laughs) Yes. Keep your eyes peeled for March. We went into the U.S. Department of Education, which I did do a little bit of update on because- Update me. The only update that I wanted to give here, because we did talk about, like, the role of the Secretary of Education, mm-hmm. is that Biden now has to choose a a new Secretary of Education for his cabinet. Yeah. yeah. As with any of these decisions, there's, you know, people pulling for various things from all directions. And according to, according to a WAPO article by Laura Meckler and Valerie Strauss, they say that, quote, the challenge for the Biden administration will be to appoint a secretary – who is supportive of teachers and their unions, but not opposed to innovation and change. And that's a quote from uh, Pedro Nogura, who's the dean of the Rossier School of Education at yeah. USC. So, like, I yeah, mean, that's, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's the old guard and the new wave, and that's always tough to manage. Education is also an area in which Biden is, like, already kind of starting to... I think clash would be a strong word, but he's already starting to come up against like his priorities and the priorities of, you know, the progressive left. And the New York Times recently wrote this up because they were talking about it in terms of student debt. 
So Democratic leaders are pressing President-elect Biden to cancel $50,000 in debt per student borrower by executive action. But he wants Congress to pass like a more modest legislative bill. He doesn't want to do it himself. And he's he only wants to cancel $10,000 in federal student debt per borrower. Yeah. Which is like, I have my preference <laughs> based on my personal. We all have our preference. We have our course. preference. But yeah, yeah so he's, he's already just you know, in like the things that they're talking about and the way that they're thinking about who's going to be the new secretary of education. Already light years difference yeah. from the education department under Trump and Betsy DeVos. So, you know. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I just, it's not. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's not really an update on like the state of the education department, but I was like, this, this, let's turn the thinking. Let's like give people a little bit of information. And then we talked about the Defense Production Act, which. Wow. Highly relevant. Uh, Highly relevant. We had already crossed into COVID because we were talking about COVID. Is the this reason in we April? Talk, Are we this in April was, on this point? This is April 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is April 8th. So we talked about the Defense Production Act because everybody was like, hello. We don't have, can we get, don't have We don't have anything. Can we get Jeep to make us some fucking respirators and ventilators? Yeah. And like, hello. And there is a little bit of an update here because as we know, Trump did use the act to require – some of these companies to make ventilator ventilators for the American people who desperately needed them. Although he was slow, extremely slow on the uptake for that. But now he's talking about using it again to produce the vaccine. Sure. Yeah. That makes which sense. Makes total sense. We gotta make a lot. A lot we of sense. We gotta make a lot in a short amount of time. Yes. Can me um, put me in Ford. Put me in the Ford factory. Yes. yes. So this is coming from Bloomberg by Justin Sink and Emma Canary. Quote, President Donald Trump celebrated the development of the coronavirus vaccines at a White House summit on Tuesday and vowed to use executive powers, if necessary, to acquire sufficient doses as the number of U.S. cases surpassed 15 million. And Trump said, quote, this will quickly and dramatically reduce deaths and hospitalizations. He added that there were also some big ones we were going to be announcing soon, naming Johnson & Johnson, the drug maker, as one of the companies that he was going to task to produce large amounts of this vaccine. So, sure. great. Exactly right. Bare minimum. 100% Bare minimum. what has to happen. Yeah. Like, Keeping... love that we are all on the same page. Yes, on the same page, on the same page. The next week we talked about the U.S. Postal Service, where we were really in a mind here. We like, we're staying, and she was in a mind, and she was in a mind, is in a mind. You know, yes. Let's not say that the Postal Service is now not still completely underfunded because yes, she is. But yeah, that was a really. And that was also the time where it was like you know you started seeing the 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 small but subtle. And impactful efforts of trying to use the postal service to suppress the vote. Yep, you start. That's when that conversation started swirling as well. So a lot going on in that episode. Yep. But the whistles and the whistles. Yeah, oh that was God, crazy. And the whistles. The whistles. Uh, do, 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 do. Your wife's a whore. Your daughter's a whore. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, they the the United States Postal Service. There, uh, there. I found an article that said their revenue is actually up because people are sending things and sending packages and like all of the ordering that's happening. It's yeah. still not enough to like offset what Congress has required that they like set aside for pensions, which is rid- a ridiculous amount of money. So they still are in dire straits and need uh, like legislative help. Yes. The House did approve legislation to allocate $25 billion to them. The bill passed 257 to 150, mainly along party lines, but there were like more than two dozen Republicans who joined the Democrats in, in voting for it. But of course, as with anything else, it died in the Senate and went died nowhere because arrival. Turtle Man yeah, yep. would not put it on the floor. Collins, Susan Collins of Maine and Diane Feinstein of California both called for the bill to be voted on in the Senate. So there was some bipartisan efforts to try and just have a fucking vote on the post yeah. office funding, but like crickets. And then, you know, we did an episode on the Statue of Liberty, which I 
is just one of my favorites. It's such a great one. I mean, what a, a gift she was. Mm-hmm. And one day we will go. One day we will go. One day we will, we will go and go. visit when she is open and ready for us. Yes. Yeah. But she, she is, is prepared. I mean, ready what a to gift. receive. What a gift. We needed we needed that episode when we did her. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was really a cathartic episode looking back on it. It was really yes. great. And then we really leaned the other way and talked about Samuel Alito and did his biopic the following mm-hmm. week because mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. You set out you on, a, on a path. You got to finish. You got to get to the end. You got to get to the finish line. Exactly right. And then we did the episode that we did with Andrea Jones Roy from Ask a Political Scientist. And it that also was, She's I amazing. mean, Andrea, like, we love you so much. We love you so much. Like, one of my wet dreams of an episode, like to get to talk like about like sciencey stuff, and yeah. it was I loved that episode. I had such a good time. Like it's that episode for me felt like a different kind of just a different kind of episode, and I really loved it. It was great. Yeah, and I love her. She's amazing. She's, amazing. She's such a badass. And you know, we got into May, and we were like, okay, feeling some vibes. We're feeling some feeling vibes. Some vibes. Trying to make it through. The new normal had kind of been established by this point. Yeah. It was like, you know, we don't want to lean. We're done with leaning into COVID and like, let's do some other topics. So we went with presidential transportation. A lot of fun things there. A lot of fun things there. We talked about, we started the New Deal series. We talked about the WPA, the Works Progress Administration. We talked about the Centers for Disease Control and how they started. All the work they've done, the work that they continue to do. And then in June, we started June with an interview with Senator Mike Gravel from Alaska. And he talked to us about his plan for direct democracy. And and that was such a, a fun episode to do and to talk to somebody who's been in the Senate who... You yeah, know, been there, seen there, done the thing. For like and many years. Many years and has experienced, you know, democracy, you know, been elected to public office through our system of democracy. And just to hear his perspective on how that system is flawed, what he thinks the system should be, was really kind of an eye-opening episode. It was really fun. For sure. And then we went, we had, we like June became kind of a, like a civil rights month for us yeah kind of i mean as we all know obviously mm-hmm. sort of in response to uh the the tragic murder of george floyd and just sort of the inward looking and like how can we bring forth educational episodes that surround the the, the journey for you know true equality in this country and so yeah these yep. episodes coming up certainly reflect that and that's definitely something that we've you know decided will be something that we always keep up Mm -hmm. but yeah it just felt like you know we go through we go through times in this podcast where it feels weird to talk about anything other than the thing that's happening and this was definitely a moment that spanned a while where it was like what like why would we talk about something random right now yeah that's insane yeah but also trying to make sure that we stay on on track with our mission which is about education and so finding those moments of like Okay, this is what's happening out in the world. How can we how can we contribute to that conversation in the way that we do? And, you know, so we talked about the Civil Rights Act. We talked about Marsha P. Johnson, who was, you oh. know, an activist. And Houston joined us for that, our sweet intern Houston. Houston who, sweet intern Houston joined us for that one. Shout out to that Houston. Was, when you're listening to this, you keep me afloat every week and keep us afloat. He is yep. the unsung hero of this podcast who does so much. So much. Us. So much. And then we wrapped up that that month of kind of, you know, civil rights director adjacent episodes with Obergefell v. Hodges. And it was kind of a nice like rounding out of the month because we started with the Civil Rights Act. We talked about Marsha P. Johnson and then ended with, you know, the Supreme Court case about against gay marriage. And then at the end of that, at some point that month was when the Supreme Court decided the case of Bustock versus Clayton County, Georgia, which became known as the like, like the trans gender mm-hmm. cases that went before the Supreme Court. Like I honestly, I had a hard time finding the name of the court case, like it wasn't referenced in any of the articles. I had to like link to a link to a link to find the name of a court case. But it's just, you know, it kind of came full circle because the Supreme Court decided that like, hey, trans people have rights and you can't discriminate against them based on sex. And that came directly from the Civil Rights Act. 
Right. Correct. That's what they were basing it on. So it was just a really nice way, kind of, you know, narrative wise to round out that month. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, just also another small update, which was, you know, it's not a positive update, but very early on, you know, because go to season is up and running already, as we all know. And Thomas, Justice Thomas and Justice Alito, basically, I don't remember if it was in response to a court case or if it was something like unprompted, but basically came out and said that like, oh, they, we shouldn't have decided on Obergefell v. Hodges. Like that shouldn't have happened. Oh and my then, God, really? Yes. Oh my yes. God. And it was one of those moments where I was like, what? Yeah. How are- <laughs> I didn't even know we were fighting about this one still. Alito was the one who, who came out initially. And I'm pretty sure Thomas also said something along those lines, but it was just, it was this crazy, yeah, Alito made a statement about it, and I do remember this, and it was just this crazy thing of, like, why are we suddenly attacking Obergefell v. Hodges? Like, right. what, <sighs> you know, like, I thought we had that one at least settled. Yep. You know? Yeah. But it turns out, perhaps not for the more conservative justices of the court, so just some another cute little update to throw in there, which yeah. we love to see. Love to see it, love to see it. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. July. We're in July. We're halfway through the year. And like, it's insane already the topics that we've covered and the wide array that we've done. (laughs) So for the first two episodes in the first two weeks of July, we decided to continue sort of our our educational stance and trying to highlight, you know, black achievement, really. And 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 so we decided to do two episodes highlighting the the service of black soldiers in the major wars. So we did an episode highlighting their service in the revolutionary and civil wars. And then also a second episode on the world wars, because, you know, quite simply a lot of these stories that we told and a lot of the research that I know I did never learned, never, not a part of the mainstream history when we talk about these major wars and yet such, such service was given. Yep. Then after that, we this was this was a very fun one. We decided to do an episode on the citizenship test. Oh my god, yes. Where we both took what, like 10 questions of the test and yeah. passed. I yeah. remember being so anxious. Oh my god, about so nervous. Doing, and I know it might seem like like how can how can we be sure that you were honest? Like I swear to God, those are our honest answers. I did not I did not edit it out to make it seem smarter. We did achieve yep. citizenship in this country. Yep. But, you know, just that was definitely a fun episode. And then we continued our New Deal series and covered the National Industrial Recovery Act of 1933. So basically this big act, basically FDR famously is like, just trying to get things going. 
just, just trying, trying to keep like, us afloat. Just trying to keep us afloat. There's dust. There's no money. Wall Street is destroyed. Like it's everything is crashed. We are in poverty as a nation. And so these really crazy, bold acts are being passed, you know, as part of like the new deal that is just trying to stimulate the economy and get people back to work. Yep. You know, it's interesting to kind of think about it in today's context, because we obviously don't even know the economic ramifications of COVID yet. Like, I don't I don't even feel like we're fully able to see what they are. Nope. So, you know, it's crazy to think of a time when Congress was passing such, like, bold and broad acts. It's you know, so and funny. It's almost like they cared about the American people. It's crazy. It's crazy to see legislation being passed. Uh, it's, it's so, so wild. funny. Yeah. And then after that, this one is so sad. So then after that, we did our Oof. final SCOTUS bio, biopic, biopic. And it was on Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, This was at the end of the last or last episode of July. She would later pass. And I think September, beginning of September. I think it's September. And it's so hard. And it's so hard. Uh, Obviously, you know, everybody knows how I feel about her. It's such a great episode to listen to, to just learn more about her legacy because uh, it's just like such an incredible woman and obviously became the focal point for a very different narrative yep. um in in who her replacement was going to be yep obviously we have a replacement justice amy coney barrett is now in this on the supreme court we will in due time do a biopic biopic on her not anytime soon, quite frankly, because we need her to decide stuff. You know, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not no... going to be it, it's not going to make it's not going to be fun or to make sense to do it without her having some um, kind of until they start giving opinions like opinions and stuff, yeah. because she doesn't have a ton of stuff prior to her time on the Supreme Court to also mm. look at as well as far as like legal decisions. Yeah. So, you know, definitely want to like see what she decides to do. Yeah. There's going to be a ton of really important cases that are going to be decided on this term. I have no idea how, what her opinions or dissents if she you know what what basically john roberts is going to give her as far as that goes like when kavanaugh joined his first couple were like softball ones which i think is tradition like you get to write the opinion for a nine and oh yep (laughs) and it's great that's great so you know obviously we'll keep you posted on her then after that, oh, this was a super great. So now we're in August. This was mm-hmm. a really fun episode on redlining and what basically redlining is, how it is basically still in practice today, but just in a very different way than it was mm-hmm. back in back in yield times. And we were joined by um, Sophia Alexandra, who is a really amazing comedian, super funny and super, super passionate about this topic. So had such a great time talking to her about it and like, you know, specifically how it impacts, you know, major cities that we know, like she Mm -hmm. talks very personally about LA and, and that sort of things. And I know that you and I both see it all around us where people of color primarily are still being forced to live in not as affluent communities because of the ramifications of redlining that still basically exists today. And then, you know, not a huge update on this one. We did the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> still bought and paid for. She's still with us. She's still with us. We still have her. God bless. That yep. was that was a super fun one, though. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed the Louisiana Purchase and just yeah. talking about basically a bargain. <laughs> the world's greatest bargain. Like, the world's greatest bargain. If there ever was one, she is Like, it. there's Black Friday and then there's the Louisiana Purchase, honey. Like, come at me. <laughs> Sounds like a great marketing plan. I'm obsessed. We also did another uh, landmark Supreme Court case that you found, Arden, yeah. that neither of us had ever heard no, of. But that, but I fucking loved it. Land- loved it. So this was Lochner v. New York. And this basically was kind of defining employee like like labor labor laws yeah it was like how long you could make them how long you could work them and then it it also it was a couple court cases because it also got into the whether or not you like had to pay women and children kind of Mm. at all or equal uh to men 
But yeah, there was, it was the case where they, it was like, you couldn't, you, if you worked in like a bakery or somehow made bread, you couldn't work more than 50 hours. And yeah, there was a baker who the like biscuits. wanted the biscuits. It was the biscuit episode. He wanted, <laughs> there was a baker who wanted to make his employees work like mo- more than 50 hours a week. And, and the court was like, we don't feel like we should be getting into this. And they right. totally let it fly. And I love that. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious to see if, you know, because I do think that COVID and, and workplace things with COVID, there's a lot of tension around what employees should have to do, you know, yes. if they should have to work in dangerous environment. Like it's there's a new yep. there's a new defining of dangerous environments and and I, you know, I not that's not to say that somebody's gonna quote Lochner v. New York directly in a Supreme Court case, but like it lays a foundation for labor laws. In a way that we it hadn't does. really seen before. Yep. And of course, right after that, we did another biopic, bio, biopic, biopic on none other than Geraldine Ferraro, aka the first woman to ever be um, a vice presidential nominee on a, yes. you know, on one of the two major party tickets. Why did we do this? Because at the time it had just been announced that Kamala Harris would be the vice presidential pick for then nominee Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And since then, quite as we all know, they have now become the president elect and the vice president elect. So we are, we have our, you know, our, our first female vice president is going to be sworn in on January 20th. Fucking which is crazy. Yes. And Fucking one day we'll yes. do a biopic, biopic on her. Because yeah. kind let's of get to like know Kamala. Should. Yeah. Let's get to know her. Yeah, and then right after that, then so now we're we're circling back to the post office because things started getting a little shady in the post office world, and so we were uh, like, yes. let's talk about the postmaster general. Why he started getting rid of mail sorting boxes? He started doing all sorts of weird stuff, and we were like, who is this guy? What is his role? Like, why are we hearing about the postmaster general? Yep. So we did a, a big in-depth on what that role actually is. We found out that the post office is run basically by a board of governors, which mm-hmm. sounds not how you want to run a, you know, federal post office, but that's just me. That just sounds unlike just any sounds other government, a- like we don't run agency, the, yeah. the Department of Education with a board of governors. No, no, no. And then, of course, because we do have a new, you know, we will have, we have Vice President-elect, or President-elect Joe Biden, you know, will start making his appointments and his nominees, something else that we'll see that will become a new person who will be in this position. It will have a new Postmaster General. Yep. And cur- curious to see how that one shakes out. Yep. A lot of, a lot of interesting things coming up. And then, I mean, another super fun one. This was, this was, again, for us... We did the Boston Tea Party and we talked about sort of the original, one of the original protests of yes. the United States, kind of yep. like the OG protest of the United States, um, where we just threw tea into the harbor for like three hours. Yeah. A, a long time to do this. One of my favorites. Such a great episode. Following that. So we are, we're in September now, you guys. It's crazy how much we've done. We're in September and we decided to do two Supreme Court cases and, and they were basically the Cherokee Indian cases of the 1830s because there were two back-to-back court cases that were dealing with if the Cherokee Nation could have access to to their own land. Like there was like yep. a, there was a fight between them and the state of Georgia yep. and there were two back-to-back landmark cases that happened. And so we were like, well, let's talk about this because again, another facet of our history is that we don't talk about is, no. is our our history with the Native Americans. Yeah. And so this is our way of just starting to highlight that history as well. And it, kind of an update that's unrelated to the, the specific Cherokee Indian cases of the 1830s. But another thing that's been swirling around about, you know, potential cabinet picks mm. is one of the names that's swirling around is... Representative Deb Halland from New Mexico, who is one mm. of the first Native American representatives, you know, Congress people basically to serve federally. Oh wow. And she's basically on the short list to be the Secretary of the Interior. Mm. And obviously would be the first Native American 
representative, uh, secretary. I love in that. that role. Yeah, and so yeah, that's I've been seeing her name float around, and and I mean, I think that would be that'd be great. amazing. Yep, amazing. So a little update with that, and then we decided to do another little New Deal series on packing the Supreme Court. Why was this a New Deal series? Because FDR himself mm-hmm. tried it many moons ago. It was a very unpopular decision and cost him his popularity basically until the Second World War really kicked up and kind of like reestablished that we're cool with, with FDR. Yep. And we were talking about it because because of the vacancy with RBG and the fact that the nominee then the then nominee Amy Comey Barrett would be sworn in while people were voting. And Mm -hmm. should that be, you know, should somebody be allowed to be sworn to be sworn in when there's like less than a month before a presidential election, we can go, everybody knows, everybody knows the argument. Yep. You probably have thoughts and a side on it. I know I do. So this idea of packing the court came up of like, you know, if Democrats retake control of everything, then they'll just put more people on the Supreme Court. Now, as we've learned, there's no legislation or anything in the Constitution no. that says how many people can be on the Supreme Court. We learned kind of in the presidential debates that Joe Biden is not really Mm-mm. a fan of packing the Supreme Court, and I really he's, don't expect him to. No. Oh, I think he has said that he wants – he's for – He's pro-organizing some kind of committee to study it. Mm. Sure. But to me, that's like the Joe Biden way of being like, no, thank you. No, <laughs> no thank you. No. Next question. <laughs> no, I don't I don't expect it to happen in a Joe Biden presidency. No. But I do think that like it's something like it's people get so mad when like there's a politician who's like let's study it because it sounds like they're like they're putting it off and i'm sure they are but it also is something that like you can't just like wing bang boom you know what we had 9 we're going up to 15 without some kind of like yeah review process for sure for sure so, definitely review it uh, yeah review yeah. it look at it look at the look put at a, the facts put a committee and figures. on it put a committee on it mm-hmm. Then after that, we did an, an entire episode on voting by mail. Why? Because by this time, end of September, we're gearing up towards the presidential election. Yep. It's becoming quite clear that a lot of people were going to be voting by mail. And what we learned after the presidential election is that a lot of people voted by mail. That is accurate. That's literally what happened is that a lot of people voted by mail. So we talked about sort of the history of it, the process of it, and kind of how the state of Oregon (laughs) has done it for decades and decades and decades. And it was a really great episode, really informative. And, you know, we affirmed what everybody already knows, which is that there's no widespread fraud in voting by mail. Nope. Then we talked about the infamous 12th Amendment. Ah, yes. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. You know, we were talking about what happens if nobody wins the Electoral College. Now, obviously, that's not what the situation we found ourselves in. But at the time, like... We didn't know. I mean, it was anybody's game at that point. It was anybody's game. Anything was possible. And did you know that we had a process for if nobody won the Electoral College? It hasn't happened in modern history. Yep. But the answer is yes. We do have a process. And we talked about it in the 12th Amendment. (laughs) <laughs> we did after that. So we're in, we're fully in October at this point. And because we're in October, the presidential debates were beginning to happen. The presidential catastrophes, depending on who, <laughs> what you were watching. So we decided to do a history of presidential debates. And we found that amazing fun fact about it was, um, it was a representative and uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. Who like stood in place of Dwight D. Eisenhower and somebody yeah. else who I can't remember their yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And basically did a debate. Like, so it was two women who basically were surrogates of these candidates and did a debate. Yeah. Which is just bonkers. It's bonkers. just like, we're so, so weird. wild. We're so weird sometimes. So we de- we went through that history, obviously, because the debates were happening, mm-hmm. you know? And why why do we have them? How do we select the places, the people, the moderators? Like, yep. all of these questions. Do they um, really not know the questions before they get up on the on the debate right? stage? And all of that. They don't. They, they don't. don't. It was pretty clear. They did not. No. 
<laughs> they did not know the answers going up, going in there. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Next up, we had the Voting Rights Act, and we talked about, obviously, the act itself, what it accomplished, and how SCOTUS basically gutted her because we solved racism, Mm -hmm. and sort of the ramifications we're still seeing because they made it ineffective, and, and, you know, it's still insane to me, that court case, but yet here we are. Yep. After that, we did a... Very landmark Supreme Court. Landmark or not landmark, depending on how you think of it. Maybe a notorious Supreme Court case yeah, is yeah. a better way to think of it. I would a say it's landmark. Landmark, notorious, Bush v. Gore. Yeah. This was the episode right before the election that we aired. Why did we air it? Because what we knew at the time was that it was anybody's game and that anything could happen. And... The talk of it going to the Supreme Court was very large. A lot of talk about the our current election going to the Supreme Court. And the only real precedent that we had to look to was Bush v. Gore. So we thought, let's take, let's take a, a peek. look at her. Let's take a peek. And, you know, the election didn't... What happened with it wasn't exactly what I imagined. But an update is that it recently did go to the Supreme Court. So mm-hmm. if you don't know... The state of Texas filed a lawsuit against Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, like against all the major swing states that we know and love that decided this current election. Yeah. And, you know, the lawsuit surrounded the fact that there was rampant voter fraud in all of the, and in like five states, right? Like it's yes. Texas. A real coordinated effort. Other, right. Calling out these other states. <laughs> And filing this lawsuit to overturn the results in the other states. So Texas trying to overturn the results in Wisconsin, Michigan. Unheard of, right? Yep. Famously, other states jump on board and go in there. A hundred plus Republican representatives from the House co-sign it. Crazy. And the, the, the Supreme, and it goes to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, we're not taking this up. There's yes. no standing. No. And but and you know, to be fair, like Alito and Thomas would have were like, we would have heard the case, but like it would have been a, a Randy Jackson note from me dog. But everybody else was like, no, we're not even gonna hear it. What's a Randy Jackson note from me? Oh my god, American Idol? Randy Jackson? When he said Oh uh-huh. it's a note from me dog. Whenever he would say no to people? Did you grow up with happiness and American Idol? <laughs> Okay, listeners, if you know what I'm talking, I don't think this is a random reference. It's like he would always say it's a no for me, dog, whenever he was saying no to people. That's okay. I, I like so that. So I call it a Randy Jackson no for me, dog. That's really funny. <laughs> Thank Any you for the education. Way. Cultural reference. Shout out Listen, to Randy sometimes Jackson. they're hard for me. Sometimes they're hard for me. <laughs> I know. Just, yeah. So I don't, again, I, I don't know the what the road lies ahead with the Supreme Court's involvement with this election. The Trump administration has obviously, as we know, has filed dozens and dozens of lawsuits. lawsuits. Has won approximately one time in Pennsylvania, which was a, surrounding a deadline for certain ballots, a small pool of ballots, and has lost, I think, 51 times. Ooh, record. So the legal standing for these lawsuits has not been strong so i wouldn't expect the supreme court to take up at this point now that all states and dc have certified i don't expect the supreme court to be involved anymore who's to say but that's kind of where we're at right now Mm -hmm. so the next up was the the episode that aired the day after the election uh the day after november 3rd so we decided to do the liberty bell I mean, we had no idea. We had no idea what was happening. No. We didn't have a winner. We knew we weren't going to have a winner. We obviously didn't have a winner until a few days later. So we decided to do the Liberty Bell and talk about her. And it was a great little episode. Following that, so we're like in the middle of November, we decided to reflect on the week of basically election week, which led up to us learning that Joe Biden would be the projected winner. And then we looked at what was to come and we predicted 
We were looking at the lawsuits that were already coming out. We predicted the lawsuits that would be coming out. The update is that none of the lawsuits have been successful except the one in Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) That's the update. God bless. But of course, right after that, then the General Services Administration started acting up and lashing out by not ascertaining that Joe Biden was the actual winner of the presidential election and therefore couldn't get the resources and all of the post-its and the pencils that he would need to start transitioning into becoming the president of the United States. Since this episode, the GSA has ascertained. They have ascertained. They have ascertained it. He is our president-elect. I don't think, obviously, Trump has not ascertained it, but the GSA has. Yes. Then for the week of Thanksgiving, we did a cute little history of Thanksgiving. So please listen to that for a rundown on what we were taught versus what actually happened. And then finally, two episodes that we've done in December. The first one was, of course, on the Washington Monument because... <laughs> It was fun. It was fun. We, it was like, so fun. Even just like talking through the episodes we did surrounding the election. It's like, God, this was, there was so much going on. So to, yeah. to just have a breather of like, whew, let's talk about a Let's a talk about a monument. Structure. Let's talk about a monument. That was literally the She's conversation. Monumental. It was like, let's do something that's just completely innocuous. What can we talk about? Let's talk yeah. about a structure. Washington Monument. The big old stick of D.C. Exactly right. And then, of course, the episode that we did just before this episode, so last week's episode, was on the War of 1812. Because even just, like, looking through, we didn't do a... Other than highlighting, like, you know, black soldiers in certain wars. We we didn't didn't do do any wars this year. Yeah. A single war. So we couldn't leave this year without doing some sort of war. Some sort of battle. What a great war. I know that Intern Houston, this is one of his favorite wars. Mm. So he was also an inspiration for this. And like we, you know, are ending with the bang. Ending I love with the it. War of 1812. Basically, if we lost the War of 1812, we would have like undone the entire Revolutionary War. It wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have been great. Would yep. not have been great. Yeah. And now here we are. Here we are. On Sunday, December 13th. Recording our final episode of the year. I've got a kombucha. Lizzie had a beer. What are your thoughts about what we've covered this year? Final thoughts, Arden. I really love the kind of, I mean, it's it's been an interesting year for many reasons, for obvious reasons. But I, I'm very proud of us because we've followed, you know, we've we've tried to we've we've stayed culturally relevant and with the times and moved with the happenings you know, of, of the, you know, what was happening in in the U S and, but we've also stayed, you know, true to what, what we do, which is to like, tell people what the history of the thing is, or to like, you know, call out to use the platform to, to elevate people who have not been elevated, who deserve more elevation. And that makes me really proud of us and like, and the work we do. And, and and the people who help us do this show, like Intern Houston and producer Kate, and it just it makes me feel it's like feels like a very accomplished year uh, yeah. for us in a year that could have just been like utter disaster and shit, and for it sure. all could have fallen to pieces. And yet here we are, and we've continued to produce shows and work and and to be vocal about our opinions and and to be you know kind of. A place where people can come and just have some fun and learn a new thing. Exactly right. And that makes me so proud and so happy. Yeah. It was a tough year. And the fact that with everything going on, with the world falling to pieces around us, at least for me, this podcast has been a creative anchor that, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, you know, and like you and I both have gone through so many (laughs) Oh like God. personal turmoils this oh year, Lord. COVID and non-COVID related. <laughs> the fact that you know, the we were able to always come back to this podcast, and, and yep. you, the listeners, always came back to us and and let us keep creating this. You know, it's it's just been great, and 
Yep. You know, you and I will just take 2021 by stride. We may still be recording from our apartment bedrooms on these like weird little standy mics and I'll still be stressing about like sirens going off in the audio (laughs) so we'll still be pausing for the vacuum on the floor above me hold please oh I mean like it will happen it will happen so shout out to our listeners for staying with us as we not only figure out how to do this show under these circumstances but also like technically how to do yeah. this show under these circumstances yeah. like we true covid hit and we had to figure out within a week how to record and sometimes and we did it we did it and sometimes there's sound and there's noises and everybody has been super super kind yeah and just realizing that we're trying our best to get this content out to you and shout out to all other podcast and content yes. creators who are doing the same thing yes, i yes, hear yes. you i see you keep making your shit Yep. And 2021, we're going to start it off with a bang. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I know it's going to be a bang. (laughs) So please keep tuning in. Enjoy the next two weeks. Definitely listen to the episodes that we're re-airing because they are some of our favorites from this year. We love you guys so, so much. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you haven't already. And we will see you next Wednesday in 2021. Yes, honeys. Goodbye.